sometimes can be very awkward, which man, I, I hate probably the one area that the Sunday's GT. I probably almost wish I would could go back and redo the segment. Hey everybody, welcome to the Gen Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name's John, I'm the engagement pastor here, and across the table from me is Kyle. Woo woo! Yeah! Man, he got really hyped this weekend. I hope that's not blowing out someone's eardrums, car speakers, or something like that. Uh, are you going to pay for that? I'm not paying for I it. I mean, as long as it's some Bose speakers, like they should yes. be good. They, they, you should be good. It's, yeah. We're good. We're I, advertising. We are not sponsored by Bose, but if they want to sponsor us, it's okay. Hopefully, they'll reach out to us later on. Yes. Because, you know, we're trying to make it big time here. You know, because that, that's totally our goal in the midst of all of this is see if we can, you know, just, just make it big. You said it's because of Jesus. It is because of Jesus. Yeah. And even that we're going to make it big. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Like, for generations to come. For generations to come. Okay. Yes, this is how it oh, naturally goes. Yes. This is us. Welcome this. to the Midweek Podcast. Perfect. And we're talking about making it really big time. and For Jesus. We, for Jesus. I mean, we do want the family of God to expand, expand grow, get bigger. So, yes. John, you know, naturally that just segues us to, I feel like the first question we need to talk about, what does it mean to actually be a part of the family of God? And what does it mean to be a child of God? Man, that's a, that's a loaded question. One more time. Hold on. That, that, what, that had a what, couple parts to it. What does it mean to be part of the family of God? And then what does it mean to first be a child I think one of the first things that comes to my mind with this is understanding that first and foremost, we are a child of God, that there is this family unit in which God has instituted. He's brought out, he has pursued and brought into our world for us because he is a relational God. And I think what that shows us and helps even comfort some of us who maybe didn't have the best physical uh, parents or relationships uh, in a family structure is that there is this perfect, loving God who pursues us and wants us to become a part of that family, who has chosen us yeah. in our brokenness, yeah. who forgives us, who loves yeah. us, and shows us grace. And I think when we understand ourselves in that light, no matter what we've experienced in this world, the type of relationships maybe we currently have with our parents, our brothers, or sister, whatever a family unit looks like for us, there is a perfect family unit we see in God mm. and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the relationship that they have pursued us. And brought us in, no matter how far we stray, that there is a God who is always praying, who always loves us, who's feeling, just standing there with his arms wide open for us. I think that, like, to me, I think that is one of the biggest things to just stress, especially in our broken world, where family dynamics maybe aren't always perfect and aren't yeah. always the way we want. And we kind of look back on it and say, man, like, I wish this could have been better. Or maybe if I had done this, there's this guilt and shame that comes along sometimes. Uh, maybe for the kid or for the parent, but understanding that we have a God who invites us into a perfect, harmonious family that loves and cares for one another, that it goes beyond a beyond a blood relational family unit. Yeah. And so when we say at Generation Church we are family, we are a part of God's family that He's invited us all into that loves and cares for one another, which means we're going to support each other. Mm. And even support. in the moment, support's a big one, but even recognizing that. Because we are people, we are in a broken world, we are physical, that we are not going to be perfect in that family dynamic. Mm -hmm. 
And so that we have to be willing to bring in forgiveness and grace and patience in the midst of that. Because as we uh, live life together, because we are sinful, even when we step into the family of God and we choose to follow Jesus, it is a lifelong uh, process and not perfection. And so that means we are still going to mess up. I know it was pretty close. I brought it in, you know, uh, I used it. But even to recognize that, yes, we are not perfect. We are all in progress of growing to be like Jesus's characteristics and priorities. And that even when we fall short and we sin, like it doesn't just affect us, but it affects us around us. But being in a loving relationship with God in that family, that we can love people and show forgiveness and grace the same way God has been loving to us. I mean, Kyle, as you process this, like you you are a parent here. Okay. I, I am not in this sense. So this Sunday's teaching um, was yeah. kind of like even interesting for me to sit there. Like, I mean, I love how you started off. We are all children. Shout out to you, Savior. Uh, we are all kids. Like we all have parents. And so there is an aspect of this we can relate to. But some of us maybe haven't had um, haven't had children. So there's that aspect of that that's like we can see that, we can identify, we can begin to understand, but not fully understand what it's yeah. like. And so for you, as like you've become a parent, you mm-hmm. have three kids, and as we just found out a minute ago, Xavier is six, not five. I'm going to correct you. Um, yes. Yes. I don't think we actually got that on the record. It's not on the record. I know. It was when the video wasn't recording. Thankfully. No mics were on. I know. That. Except for you just called me out. Oh, okay. Let me call you out. But even like as you've like been a parent, like what has like changed and shifted in your mind as your understanding of God? Like we are children of God. Yeah. And how has that shaped as you've been a parent? Yeah. I think I'm going to list three scriptures kind of back to back to back that I would say go read and just kind of sit on and think through. And mm-hmm. then I'll talk on like some, just some of the practical applications of just my journey. So I think one scripture that may be popular for some or familiar with some is Luke 15 um, verses 11 through uh, 32. And just talking about the, with, you know, the parable of the lost son or, or the, the prodigal child or, you know, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But specifically the one of the son and, and, we look at the older brother and we look at the, the, the brother who wanders off. And at the end of the day, it's, it's a picture of who God is. Mm-hmm. And I think we got to understand this, whether we've been super loyal, devout to God, or we've been someone who's sown the wild oats, squandered the family wealth, as the parable outlines, God welcomes us back with open arms. And so first and foremost, no matter who you are and what you've done and like, God will welcome you back. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we see in that parable is he, he throws a party. Um, and then another another passage of scripture that I would point people to is, is Romans 8, uh, starting in verse uh, just, just 12. Um, let me get to it here in, in, in my Bible. No, it's not Acts, but, it's Romans. Yeah, I know. I was like, wait, I looked down <laughs> and I was like, wait, wrong, wrong passage. Uh, but, but it says, so then brothers, we're not obligated to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live, and all those who live by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself mm-hmm. testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Children also heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. See that we suffer with him so that we may also be 
glorified with him. And I read through that passage very quickly, but what you see is a progression in a in an inheritance is a right standing with God that comes mm. through faith in Jesus and the and the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. And so what that says is the presence of the Holy Spirit within us testifies that we are united with God. And so no matter what circumstances you go through, like even as you, for, for parents who are struggling with parenting or uh, for parents who, whose kids have, have walked away from the faith, like, and, and maybe you, you're someone who's not a current, a follower of Jesus, like know that as soon as you come, as soon as you come to Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, like mm. there's an inheritance waiting for you. And that just builds on Acts 15 of like God throws a party and doesn't just throw a party like sweet, yeah. you're back. But yeah, you don't get it's like, no, like we've gotten an, an eternal inheritance. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what, what we're living for and what we want to be a picture of. And the last one is is John's three. And uh, and John actually encourages this this group of people who who is writing to to remain faithful to Jesus. Um and this is this is what he says in John chapter three, uh, verse one. It says, "Look how great the love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children, and we are." The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know Him. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will has not yet been revealed. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. And so what John goes on and describes is that is that when we are in Jesus, when when His Spirit is 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 joined with us, we will have God's character and heart of us, and we will. Yeah. And while we don't always aren't the perfect picture of that, yeah. we will see that fully expressed when He returns. And so mm-hmm. I try to do something kind of past, present, and future. So I'd encourage you to go read and and sit on those. But that's how it's most affected me in my parenting journey. Um, and first, as I was a child, yeah. I was a very rebellious, duplicitous, manipulative <laughs> kid who liked to argue a ton. Um, and I thought my parents were the worst thing ever. And I'm sure all kids go through that, that stage and parents are like, ah, how, how's it going to happen? I'm sure maybe even as a parent, like, yeah. I'm going to go through that, like, wrestling with my kids of, of like, their wills versus, yeah. versus my will. And that, that's that's what I think we got to remember is is these wills are at war, and ultimately, God's going to have to work in the life of the child and in your life as a parent. So you ask, what am I learning very early on in my parenting journey? I've got to stay connected to Jesus, because if I'm not connected to Jesus. Lord knows what, <laughs> what what I might to do when when the wills battle each yeah. other. Like again, my my, you can do all the brain based study and the science, and yeah. you know kids can understand certain things and not understand others. You know, and as as again, I'm learning. But but primary things, I've got to stay connected with Jesus. I got to be praying for for myself and and for my parenting journey for my wife as we co parent together. Uh, but also be praying for for my kids. Um, something that I have done with Ruth and we together have intentionally done is when we pray um, t- together for our kids before they go to bed, 
we pray specifically about their salvation in front of them and with them. I know that that they will have to surrender their will to Jesus. I can't make their will be surrendered to Jesus. I can put them in, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't, yeah. can't make a drink. We can do a resource that I recommend to all parents called New City Catechism, where it's, it just yeah. cements, you've heard me talk about it before, <laughs> yes. it cements just good theology and Bible in the lives of young kids. And there's real catchy songs, you know, and and, 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 and again, it's many good Bible and theology in their line, just, you know, like the catchy song songs that maybe you've learned in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Um, but those but the theology that's rooted in there actually is helpful for our contemporary age too. So it's not just kind of pop catchy songs, but but th- there's some grounding there. But doing little things like that, while they're good, I, I think praying for and with your kids, just as I would say praying for and with your spouse is yes. Is vitally important, and again, we, we know we're going to go through seasons where it's like, you, you don't do it perfectly, but coming back to just some of that, I care about your connection to Jesus, I'm going to pray for that, I'm going to ask God for that, both with you, in front of you, and privately, and, and model that. And I saw that modeled, uh, I wouldn't have said it at the time, and as begrudgingly as I fought my mom on it when she was like, we're going to do daily <laughs> devotion today. I loathed daily devotions. You guys like that, like whether it was chicken soup for the soul or it was like we had these little family devotions. Like, yeah. like if I could, yeah, I, I would have probably burned those things had I thought about it. Is I resented that, but I am thankful for like moments that now it's like trying to help me understand what it looks like to be connected with God. And and I also saw that in my uh, my mother in law and father in law. Like when Bill would come home, you know, after work every day and six o'clock, you know, we'd eat it as a family when I was there in college with them. And then he would you know, pull out his Bible and his journey journal and his prayer request. And he would sit there and do it. And, you know, he would he would share if you asked them like what he was processing. Um, but regardless of whether it was the weather channel or ball game was on, you had 20 college students running around the house. There, Bill Bonner was sitting there at the kitchen table, like doing his quiet time. And so I just, whether it was my mom and my parents and even even my dad now, you know, talking through him and his spiritual journey that he's been on and what he's learning and my parents being in good Christian community now together. Um, what I have said is it is a journey. Yes. Like it's, it's not something that that you're going to be able to, to get it right in one instance. You may think, man, I, I nailed that. But it, but it will take some time. It will take some repetition. And some of those core tenets that I just come back to believe in and say, if you are connected with Jesus, your kids will see that. Yeah. And so if you are thinking about being a parent, what I would say is steward and care for your own soul right now. If, if you – I mean – I, th- I think of some of the families in our church and some, you know, just yeah. even when I was a student minister, like life gets crazy when you have more kids, like when you have kids and, and just the busyness and the things you are drawn into, you just, you're not, if you've got to start developing some of those habits now, if you don't have them already, so that that is present. And here's the other good news is if that's something that you haven't started 
before, it's never too late to start now. It is never too late to start. And you don't have to call attention to it. You don't have to yeah. throw a big party or make it a big <laughs> thing. But just simply start. And just as I encourage kids to strengthen their obedience muscle in this week's teaching, yeah. s- strengthen your obedience muscle with God right now and spend time with mm-hmm. Him. And so, John, I I threw out a lot there yes. all at once. What were the one or two things that you would say you either heard from Sunday's teaching or from that little soliloquy yeah. <laughs> right little there? Yeah, a yeah. little, little monologue right there. No, I, I think that... I think one of the big things that you brought up, like you did it both, you did it in Sunday's teaching and you did it here, kind of two different ways, is really talking about uh, the difference between actions and words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's even something, like you talked about how you see that in your kids. Yeah. Of, uh, if I say one thing like, oh, you can't have, uh, you can only have this dessert, and then I go off and I have all these desserts and they see me have them, and they're like, dad, why, like, why that? And it's like, it's like trying to like, well, I but like at the same time like they're going to model what i show rather than what i say like it it has to blend together and i think it's the same thing we can say even with like i'm even thinking myself as like a person without kids like i think about that in how i share my faith with others Mm. how me and hannah live together and like we want to witness and disciple others Mm. like if our actions don't match up to our words then people aren't going to follow that Mm. like you're going to reproduce what you do rather than what you say and i've actually been reading a book this week um and it's it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry and it's by john mark miller pastor in portland shout out other to one of our other pastors i know right in, in the portland metro yes you're getting some promo on this podcast but i think even you you brought it up of talking about busyness and to think like we're already in a busy world that mm-hmm. is constantly getting busier and busier and talking about adding kids on top of that first off i can't imagine Second off, yes, that that is busy. Even just like in how we chat and we talk about things, like you have a busy life. And so at the core of it, like we have to think about there are other things trying to grab our attention more. Mm -hmm. And I love, he had a quote in here that I really wanted to bring about. And it says, what you give your attention to is the person you become. Putting it another way, the mind is the portal to the soul. And what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. In the end, your life is no more than a sum of what you give your attention to. And I think it's so important for us as you sit there and you process through this. Of if people are going to see our actions and they're going to hear our words and they're going to contemplate, like, do those line up? Are they uh, at odds with each other or are they in harmony together? What we are doing with our life, what we're giving, um, spending our time and attention with, what we're giving awareness to is really going to shape us and that's going to shape others as well. It really makes us think through, like, what are we putting at the forefront of our time? When life gets busy, what's the first thing you cut away? And I, I love how he put it in here. He says, we have such a bad tendency uh, when life gets busy to cut away the things that, that usually give you life. Mm. And he's talking about how, like, it's so easy to cut away spiritual disciplines, the thing that give you life and refreshment, that when life gets busy, those are sometimes the first things that get cut away in, in such irony. Those are the things of which give you life. And so as we think about, man, we want to model being, um, following Jesus' characteristics and priorities. It matters what we give our attention to. Yeah. It matters what has our awareness, our attention, what we are putting at the forefront of everything. 
And so I love how you you even gave the example of talking about how Bruce Bauer, like he lived that out. It wasn't yeah. just something they spoke about and talked about, but he lived that out. And so yeah. you see that, you identify that, and that helps you to even model that in your own life. Yeah. And I think as for the parent who feels like they're busy um, or, or even as we think about parenting or the potential of parenting and or people who have, have adult children, yeah. We throw this word, and you you brought it out, and and I took a quick note because I was thinking about busyness busyness in the sense of activity, and I think we we, we can be very careful to say like our life may be full, but there's a difference between a life being full and full of blessing, mm-hmm. and 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 being burden versus busy as burdensome, mm-hmm. and and our kids and kids are are true blessings. Because yes. I think they draw us into the heart of God who is a good father. Mm. And they, they open our eyes to a, a different perspective that until we're in that position, yeah. you can't see. And, and that's why even when we talk about people who are sharing their faith or making disciples, it's it's one thing when you are when you are being invested into by someone. When someone is, yeah. is spending time reading the Bible and answering your questions and, yeah. and showing you what it looks like to follow Jesus. It's another thing entirely when you open start to open up your life and do that for someone else, and you realize there's a whole series of questions that you're like, I didn't even know I needed to be asking or shouldn't <laughs> be asking, and and go, and go that way. And that's really that's really the picture of it's a full of blessing, and it, and it takes you to a level of of care, of compassion. It stretches your heart in a good way, and so even as Parents, I would encourage you. The way in which you speak about your kids matter. If if they if you talk about them as burdens, and this is probably the one area that in Sunday's teaching, I probably almost wish I would could go back and redo to say, if you speak about them as burdens or burdensome, they they will feel that and internalize that. They will see that as their identity. Just even as you parent them, you want to cultivate and call them to an identity. That is also rooted in Jesus, and not even sometimes who you think or say they are, or even feel like they are. Yeah. You want to point them to an identity that's rooted first in in Jesus. And so, I know that's that's a challenging dynamic because I know some of the families and people that are are watching this and listening to this may they have a mixed family in terms of not everyone's Christian, not everyone's follower yeah. of Jesus. Maybe you're a parent and you've had some kids and they've, they've walked away from Jesus. Um, maybe you're a child and you're just struggling because you want your, your parents to understand your followership of Jesus and they just aren't quite there or don't understand or they're caught in some cultural norms that you're like, yeah, like and you may understand what it means to be a good moral person, but, but this is what I desire you to, to truly have your identity rooted in Christ. And what I would say is for you, be patient and be prayerful and come back to model what you want to see. Um, be that model and ask some good questions and listen um, and just be patient uh, and be and be prayerful. And so as, as as you just navigate through that, what it looks like for, again, in Paul in this passage to call people to be obedient as children honor your father and mother, which is in different passages, but still staying true for parents to not provoke your your kids. Yeah, I, 
think I actually kind of wrestled with that. Like, I mean, I even think to like what should I have done in this, and what I see in our world around us. And I think one of the just most important things on both sides of it is to remember that we we are broken and we're sinful. Not none of us, parent nor kid, are going to have it perfect. Yeah. And so, as our parents show us grace and forgiveness, we have to show that to our parents as well, yeah. because they don't have all they don't have it all figured out. And that that's a tough thing. Like even like as a kid, like when you're first, like I remember when I was back in elementary and middle school, like you you don't think about that. But on, like as I've progressed, as I have left home and kind of processed life and still like interact with them, talk with them, and everything, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've picked up on is. You, it can be easy to set in uh, a high, uh, unfair expectation mm. that they're going to be perfect. They're not. And so I have to show them love and grace and forgiveness. And as a parent, you have to understand, like, yes, I'm going to mess up and not try to defend yourself, but be willing to admit, like, yeah, you know what? I might have dropped the ball here. And have, like, be willing as a kid and a parent to have honest and God-led conversations, which is sometimes can be very awkward, which yeah. I, I hate that that can be awkward between, like, it, I don't know why, but it might just be something in our culture and religion. It might just be something that wants to divide parents and their kids because a true image of understanding who God is and how we're made is understanding that there is this perfect, harmonious relationship between God, our Father, and us, and we are His children, and He loves us yeah. and cares for us. He's going to show us grace and forgiveness love and pursue us no matter what and so if we can do that as uh, for those of your parents and those of us who are kids to like harmoniously do that together to have conversation that is centered around like that's centered around jesus his characteristics and priorities and be willing to have that grace and forgiveness and patience and love with one another as difficult and as uncomfortable as it can be to just to put that foot out there and to rely upon jesus to intercede and to shape our hearts, shape our lifestyles as we journey along with Jesus. It's even how you talked about last week with the husband and wife as we pursue Jesus together, our relationship will grow closer. Like as children and as parents, as we pursue Jesus and like as parents, like if you call your kids and encourage them, hey, like pursue Jesus at the way in which I do. Or even kids, like there might be some of you who don't have Christian parents. I knew some kids who were in youth group with me and even for them to live that out and to um, bring along their parents and say like, hey, like, come along with me. Like, if you're a kid and your parents aren't Christian, like, have that conversation. Like, reach out to others and ask people like to support and encourage you and love on you because you are a child of God. And our relationships with, between parents and kids on earth don't don't determine what our relationship with God is. They can be a healthy relationship uh, and reflection of that if we are centered around who Jesus is. And that's why God gives us the church is because sometimes we 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 need spiritual parents who who aren't who aren't our actual parents. And sometimes spiritual parents are the same thing as our actual parents. And and same thing is true. Uh, vice versa. Sometimes uh, our kids aren't necessarily our spiritual kids and God can give us kids to invest in and love on. Who, who are our spiritual kids, people that we've cared for um, that that come from the dynamic of the church. And I think in, as we think about the parent-kid relationship, 
the, the sin is one and the same in terms of parent, your identity is in Christ, not in your kids. Kids, your identity is in Christ, not in your not in your parents. It's yeah. it's it's when we idolize our kids and we idolize our parents to the point of they determine who we who we are and to the to the detriment yeah. that it doesn't point us to Jesus, but it actually they've become an idol. Mm-hmm. And as a kid who you can never live up to the expectation of of the you know a son to the dad or girl to, to, to the mom or you know vice versa or dad as you look at maybe at your son be like why can't you can't you be like me and, and you're trying to put them you're trying to make them into your image and they're not supposed to be made into your image they're supposed to be made in they're, they're, they're made in god's image mm. and so what i want to do with our remaining time on the podcast is i just want to share a couple resources that we will make sure get linked to uh just in the in the comments and so that those are out there to help you on your parenting journey, both maybe if you're a kid who's been hurt by your parents to, to heal, um, to have a right relationship with, with God. And then two, if you're, you're on your parenting journey and you're just, you're struggling through this, uh, I just want to put some resources in your hands that have been helpful for me. What, the first one I mentioned in Sunday's teaching, a trophy child by Ted Cunningham, fabulous resource talks about all different kinds of just parenting and the ways in which we make our, our kids to be our trophies. Yeah. The second one, uh, I, I've got the rest here, is The Blessing by John Trent and, and Gary Smalley. Uh, super helpful resource. I'm specifically talking uh, in a lot of ways towards fathers, how, the, how, the, how they bestow a blessing that's historic mm. in the Old Testament and what that what the significance of that means for how, how you bless your children and sending commission uh, them well. Um, another one is sometimes we, we blame our parents for, for who we are, again, for, for better or worse, and, yeah. we, and we don't feel like we can change. Um, and, and maybe you just need a breakthrough on that. And so uh, a book by Tim Chester called You Can Change, it says God's transforming power for our sinful behavior and negative emotions. It's a fabulous look at the gospel and how that changes helps us transform to see our identity. We've actually worked through that yep. uh, together with Caleb. Shout out to, to Caleb. And then the last one is one that was passed on to me um, as Ruth and I became uh, a parents. And it, it's called Parenting um, Gospel Principles uh, That Can Radically Change Your Family by Paul David Tripp. And so I would, that's just another one. And he walks through 14 different principles. Again, that, that he really tries to make sure is they're saturated in grace. God has shown you grace. Give grace to yourself. Give grace to your kids. Kids, give grace to your parents, as John, as you said, because God loves you and God has shown us grace. And so as always, we want your faith to be an everyday faith because we at Generations Church are a community of everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations. 